Hello, news on the fly listeners, and welcome back to what we hope is one of your favourite lockdown listens. This week, we've been in the thick of reporting season, that time of year when the highs and lows of the last 12 months are laid bare by our publicly listed companies. As you'd expect, it makes for some fairly grim reading, but there's also plenty of positivity around too. So without further ado, let's dig in. From Travel Daily, I'm Bruce Piper. And I'm Anna Piper. And this is News on the Fly. Over the past few days, we've had annual results from Qantas, Flight Centre, Hello World, Webjet and Corporate Travel Management. Of course, with borders closed, things were always going to be tough. How bad is the travel industry looking, Bruce? Well, look, um, listed companies are always walking a tightrope. Um, They've got to disclose everything that's been going on under this regime of continuous disclosure enforced by the ASX. And of course, you know, the facts are the facts in terms of their financials. But they've also got to be realistic about what the future looks like. And in that vein, Qantas has really taken advantage of this opportunity afforded by having to announce its annual results to put out a really, really positive message. You know, we've had 18 months of a pandemic. It was always going to be an absolute bloodbath. And CEO Alan Joyce did confirm a massive $2.35 billion annual loss. But interestingly, that bad news was very much overshadowed by Qantas's plan to restart operations in December. Um, they've listed flights for a bunch of international routes. And they're saying that, you know, basically the whole network could be up and running as early as April 2022. Now, look, there's a fair bit of scepticism in the industry about whether that will actually happen, but you've got to say it's a really good message to have out there and will definitely help drive vaccination rates among travel-starved Australians, I reckon. And why is there scepticism around a possible Qantas restart? What is Alan Joyce basing his optimism on? Well, he's basing it on uh, vaccinations and the government's four-stage plan to resume, which basically, as everyone will know, indicates that once we're at 80% of the adult population vaccinated, there's absolutely no reason that we can't reopen international borders. And we should be seeing uh, hospitalisation rates and death rates start to reduce very soon. But of course, that's a federal plan. And as we've seen in recent days, the bickering over some states amid the current outbreak does show through a bit of a spanner in the works. I actually think the vaccine rollout and the associated timing does mean we could see a shift in that um, biosecurity order by mid-December. But whether Qantas will be up in the air internationally by then is a bigger question. And that's because if you dig into Qantas's previous statements, it's pretty clear that they only want to fly at full capacity which would mean no inbound caps, no quarantine in hotels, no empty seats on the planes, basically. And a couple of our readers have pointed out that the existing hotel quarantine contracts are actually currently in place until April next year. Look, don't get me wrong, I think it would be absolutely amazing. There's no doubt Alan Joyce has the political ear of the government. And, you know, let's hope he knows something that we don't know. But... Based on the glacial speed that we've seen from some parts of the bureaucracy through much of this pandemic, I suspect that December for Qantas might be a big ask. Well, I hope you're wrong. So moving on to the other results, what about Flight Centre? What were their figures like? Well, Flight Centre was similarly grim, but again, they've of course put a positive spin on it. The statutory loss was $600 million and Flight Centre's TTV was about 25% of the previous year at around $4 billion. And of course, that previous year was also impacted by three months of post-pandemic trading. 
However, Flight Centre does have the advantage of having operations in other markets around the world that aren't subject to closed borders and harsh lockdowns like here, and that has enabled them to keep the wheels spinning, at least to some extent. Corporate has become a new mantra for Flight Centre. It's interesting, if you look at every announcement they've made since the pandemic, um, they always talk about corporate because I guess transactions are still happening in business travel. There is a lot of essential workers still moving around um, compared to the company's traditional strong leisure business, which of course continues to languish. But it's also been pretty clear that Flight Centre has been making the most of the downtime They've taken the opportunity to slash that massive cost base associated with the shop network, but also lots of work on technology, um, the new independent division, and of course, uh, cultivating and improving perhaps relationships with suppliers. So they still think there's a future for travel agents? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, our CEO, Graham Turner, is very bullish on the prospects for the business in a post-pandemic world when travel is likely to be much more complex. I think it's also been interesting to see how Flight Centre has been so much on the front foot during those moments of sunshine over the last year when domestic borders and Trans-Tasman did open briefly. The marketing machine behind that Flight Centre business really drove a lot of inquiry and I was fascinated to see how busy some of those Travel Associates uh, brands particularly were as they serviced high-end domestic leisure. Um, You know, it it is really a machine in terms of driving demand. And... What about the other bricks-and-mortar giant, Hello World? Well, just like last year, Hello World has kept us on tenterhooks with their results, only releasing them right at the last minute, at the end of August. And even then, they still didn't manage to get the audited results out. Now, last year, uh, that led to the shares being suspended by the ASX, so they'll be working like crazy to get that sorted in the next few days. And they're blaming the lockdowns in Sydney and Melbourne and, you know, their auditor, EY, staff um, working from home. Anyway, again, they've couched their results in terms of it being a countdown to reopening with everyone expecting huge demand once borders open. In the meantime, of course, it was a shocker, um, pre-tax loss of about $49 million, but the company's basically put things on life support. Um, They've reduced staff numbers by about 60%, cut costs right across the board, um, just like uh, Flight Centre, TTV for Hello World was smashed down almost eighty percent to uh, just over or just under one point one billion. But there were also some really interesting nuggets in the Hello World results announcement, including a really detailed breakdown of its agency numbers. Overall, they're only down about ten percent of agents, um, so you know ten percent of closed, but lots in hibernation. But really interestingly, there's now almost an even split, or it's about forty-five to fifty-five percent, between home-based agents within Hello World and actual bricks-and-mortar agencies. And basically, a whole lot of previous offices have have just become home-based. I think the biggest percentage-wise, the biggest reduction's been in Magellan Travel, which has gone from 121 members in March last year to just 84 now. So down, you know, I think that's about a third. Um, And that's because some of them have shifted to other groups. Um, But there may also be some light at the end of that tunnel. Um, With Savenio, the agency group run by David Brandon, a virtuoso member, announcing they are actually joining Magellan. And I think that's the first new member of the brand since it was taken over by Hello World about three and a half years ago. The other major listed leisure travel agency organisation is Webjet. Did they release their results too? No, Webjet changed their reporting calendar last financial year. and I think they're reporting their, their full year results in November. But they did do a trading update this week um, based around their annual general meeting, and it was extremely optimistic. 
Um, as CEO John Gusich had previously indicated, the reopening of borders has pushed the company close to profitability again. Now, of course, they've slammed shut again, so, so they're back into losses. But they've managed to lower their cost base, and they've also got this good geographical diversity, particularly around the Webbed's B2B accommodation play, which means that Webjet is starting to benefit from increased travel activity in Europe and North America, whereas we know vaccinations are more advanced and life is starting to return to relative normality. And finally, in the travel agency space, corporate travel management seems to have defied gravity with its share price actually higher than it was before the pandemic. What's the story there? Why do they seem to have done so well? Yeah, this is absolutely fascinating. Um, corporate travel management CEO Jamie Ferris has always been, you know, good at talking up his business. But you've also got to remember that before the roller coaster of the pandemic, CTM was also the target of those hedge funds, and that pushed the price down a bit. But anyway, that's that's gone away, and basically CTM's business model, focusing on corporate travel, has worked pretty well in terms of being able to at least continue operating through the pandemic because they've got lots of um, fairly major corporate clients wanting to move essential workers around, and lots of government business as well. As borders opened and you know they had to get around, that definitely uh, benefited CTM. And again, they're geographically diverse. They've got operations uh, in Asia, Europe, and North America. And so they're, again, already benefiting from increased activities in other parts of the world as recovery gets going. Other factors, um, they've been on the hunt during the pandemic. Um, there is lots of consolidation been happening in the TMC space and um, corporate travel management in October last year. So right, you know, in the height of the pandemic, they brought Nebraska-based travel and transport, which is quite a big TMC in the US. It's a very big deal and should see CTM emerge a much bigger business post-pandemic. Anyway, clearly investors like the story, so much so that Ferris has managed to offload 40 million bucks worth of his own shares to institutions after the result announcements came out. Wow, $40 million. That will certainly help him finish off that mansion he's building on the banks of the Brisbane River. Not a bad payday in the middle of a pandemic, and that is for sure. The September issue of Travel Bulletin is out now. And in the cover story, we're looking at Cato's new reforms, including their new constitution and accreditation scheme and a national structure. Plus, read about how vaccination is the way forward for travel and help your clients take a trip to Western Australia with Journey Beyond, plus much more. Read it all in the September issue of Travel Bulletin, available now at travelbulletin.com.au or follow the link in our show notes. Cruise Lines International Association held a major cruise forum last week and released its own four-stage plan urging the government to allow a return of cruising as part of its vaccination phases. With cruising still seemingly on the nose with some parts of the population, what do you think the chances are of a cruise restart before Christmas this year, Bruce? Oh, look, I've got my fingers and toes crossed. I think they're pretty good, actually. But of course, you know, in this crazy world, you never know um, what the sentiment of politicians is going to be. There's absolutely no doubt there's plenty of evidence around and it's growing every day, proving how safe cruising is. And in fact, a very senior US official last week made the quite pithy observation that when you're cruising, at least you know the vaccination status of everyone around you. You're in a totally controlled environment, um, in contrast to air travel, uh, where things are much less certain, you're breathing recycled air, etc. 
As we're hearing on the news every day, the second phase of the National Cabinet approved plan involves an easing of lockdowns at 70% of the adult population being fully vaccinated. And at current rates, that's going to happen pretty soon in the next few weeks, I think. Certainly in New South Wales and the rest of the country is not far behind. And 80% is also coming hot on the heels. There's tons of work going on within CLIA um, and all the cruise lines behind the scenes to get the government to take heed of this pretty sensible research um, and you know data about the safety of cruising, not to mention the massive knock-on effects to businesses across Australia and New Zealand while the ban continues. And I presume, given the state of the country and lockdowns, etc., that the CLIA Cruise Forum took place online. Was it well attended? Oh, yes, very well attended. Um, this cruise forum was uh, put together instead of the planned Cruise 360, which had been initially scheduled to take place in Brisbane, then it shifted to Sydney, um, but you know now online because of the current situation with Delta. But I guess um, very well attended, particularly reflecting the huge interest in cruise, and I've got to say perhaps the convenience of being able to take part while wearing track pants. Um, they actually had bigger attendance than any previous Cruise 360 conference in Australia. Overall, there were more than 1,800 registrations, but of course that was across all four sessions during the day. Um, I think the overall number of individual participants was still in excess of 600. I should also mention that during the first session, Carnival Australia CEO Stura Mermel announced that P&O cruisers would be man- mandating vaccinations for all passengers. That's a pretty big deal. Um, you know, definitely shows a signal that you know cruising is about uh, is very serious about protecting the health and safety of everyone on board. Um, Another interesting thing that came out was uh, Serena Bratton from Ponant. She spoke about the massive knock-on effects uh, for Australian businesses due to the cruise suspension, and in particular, remote Indigenous communities in Western Australia's Pilbara and Kimberley, Kimberley regions, who are missing out, who have missed out on millions of dollars in revenue this year because the planned expedition cruising season wasn't allowed to go ahead in full. So hopefully, that's a bit of a different sort of message that will resonate in Canberra too. The ban is definitely hurting Australians from all sorts of different sectors. And what about that looming deadline for the current biosecurity ban, which prohibits international outbound travel and foreign-flagged cruise ships? Is there an expectation that it will be extended again? Yeah, look, you know, I think that's pretty much a fait accompli with Delta running rampant. I think it's a no-brainer that there will be some sort of extension. But what the cruise industry is pushing for, and I'm sure the same would apply to the entire travel sector particularly aviation in terms of the outbound travel ban, is that rather than just a blanket three-month extension, which would take it out to just before Christmas, that it might be extended on a rolling 30-day basis based on the progress that we're making um, with vaccinations. We are definitely making progress. Of course we need to open up. We've got a plan that's been approved by all of the state premiers, although of course some of them are now backflipping. What a surprise. But I think if there's any sense and logic within governments, they've got to agree that these restrictions have to ease in line with these planned phases. So cruising needs to be part of it. They've got to be consistent. Anyway, I'm sure we'll know either way very shortly. Um, Based on previous experience, it could be even announced by the time our listeners hear this podcast. So let's hope it's good news. And speaking of good news, this week, Norwegian Cruise Line has opened registrations for its Walk for Wellness initiative for 2021. What is that all about? Well, this is very timely. Um, It ran for the first time last year and was a huge success in terms of engaging and encouraging the industry, which, let's face it, you know, is feeling pretty battered and bruised. 
Um, the Norwegian team actually told me this year's initiative was going to be um, planned as a, a massive reunion of face-to-face gatherings because we were, you know, getting ahead of COVID. Now, that hasn't actually happened Um but in fact, this walk for wellness idea, it's more relevant than ever. Um, basically, NCL's mobilising anyone in the industry who wants to take part in a month-long program of sort of communal walking on your own, but you know, alongside all your industry colleagues. They've got an aim of collectively walking 100,000 kilometres, and I reckon there'll be a lot of interest this year. I reckon they'll easily beat that target. Um, there's a bit of a commercial angle. Each week they've got various themed activities um, around the debut this time of Norwegian Prima, which uh, will launch in August 2022. Um, and it's sort of based around its inaugural itineraries. But it's all just really all a bit of fun. There's an app to sort of keep you on track, um, a website to register, um, and lots of activities and prizes. I think it is a great way to distract us all from that lockdown binging, both on snacks and streaming, and get out and about, even if we can only do it within a five-kilometre radius. Sounds fantastic. Even if we're limited to our balconies, anything that gets us off the couch during this seemingly interminable pandemic has to be a good thing. So I've already signed up, so hopefully you guys will be joining me. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you, as always, to our very faithful listeners. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. This pandemic paralysis is finally going to be over for good so soon. If you enjoy News on the Flight, please give us a rating and a review. And of course, go and get your vaccination so that we can all be back travelling soon. And we will be back soon with more News on the Fly.